0: Okay, so it all started with a container of raspberries Well, actually, two containers of raspberries In the veggie and fruit aisle, there they were Two boxes of raspberries The same brand, the same content One with plastics all around A container and a lid made out of plastics And the other, right next to it In a paper box with a thin layer of plastics that sealed it all off According to the company's brief, that saves some 94% of plastics. But I started to wonder, is paper really that much more environmentally friendly? After all, you'd need to fell trees, use water and chemicals, and then if it has any print on it, doesn't it make it harder to recycle? I also thought about all the single-use paper cups that had been touted as more environmentally friendly. But then again, didn't they also contain a thin layer of plastics to hold in liquids? Or what about yogurt containers with a paper wrapper around them? Sure, I mean, the first instinct is to say, of course that's better. After all, we need to use less plastics. But is paper really always better? Welcome to Living Planet. I'm Sarah Stefan, and I'll take you along for the ride. So
1: get yourself some tea get comfortable, we're going to get some answers. This idea that people think that sometimes when you add more packaging to a product, as long as it's paper, you're actually making this packaging overall more sustainable. That's Tatiana
0: Sakalova, Associate Professor of Marketing at the Tilburg School of Economics and Management
1: in the Netherlands. She tested perceptions of the environmental friendliness of product packaging. People think that if a product is just packaged in plastic, this packaging is substantially less sustainable than if we have the same plastic, but wrapped also in a layer of paper. So how exactly did the study go down? So we put a plastic-wrapped granola bar inside a little paper sleeve, and we let participants in the lab inspect it and ask, do you think it's sustainable? They thought it's, well, somewhere in the middle, but they thought when the same granola bar was just without the paper sleeve and only in the plastic, they thought it's very unsustainable. So you could boost your perceptions of sustainability by over-packaging, by actually engaging in this unsustainable, fundamentally unsustainable practice. So this was the one bias. That's what we call the perceived environmental friendliness bias. And the other thing that we realized as this project was evolving is this perception of uh, paper packaging as fundamentally good. And it's absolutely true that at the recycling stage, paper is easier to recycle uh, compared to plastic. That doesn't mean, though, that paper doesn't carry any environmental costs. We need to produce it, we need to transport it, and if anything, objectively, paper is heavier, so that adds to environmental costs. So paper definitely doesn't come for free. Like with all single-use items, there's a hefty environmental price attached to them. And? often the paper that we think is just paper, it actually is lined with plastic. So um the, I guess the most famous uh, example is the paper cups, right? So people probably on average think that they're pretty harmless for the environment. But of course, for paper to hold liquid and especially a hot liquid, it has to be lined with plastic. So it's very difficult to recycle. And I think there are attempts to um recycle paper cups, but it's still, it's only a small fraction. Uh And consumers, overuse these cups probably in part because they think that there's not too much harm done by um, using this single-use product over and over multiple times in a day probably. So why exactly is that? That paper is seen as more sustainable? It's not entirely surprising if we look at some of the research of how people make judgments. So if we think about when does do different materials cause harm to the environment, like at production stage, transportation stage, disposal stage. Um, It varies, right? It varies for paper versus plastic when they will cause more harm. And the way people make judgments usually is they weigh these later stages of production of any process. So, as more heavily in in their judgments. So this has been shown in other contexts too. So if you ask people how much did the basketball player contribute to the victory in the game when they scored very late into the game versus very early on into the game, people will say, well, this uh, person who scored very late contributed more, even though their points are the same, right? Uh, We thought it's probably a similar process uh, here that this late stage of disposal... Uh, it's weighed more heavily and others are either not factored in as much or just ignored.
0: An organic yogurt brand here in Germany comes with a paper sleeve that has all info regarding nutritional value and so forth printed on it. That covers the thin plastics cup. The paper sleeve goes to paper recycling, The plastics cup and the aluminum lid goes into the plastics recycling can. The paper is certified, so it's made from responsible wood fiber. So that's good, right? It still depends on people actually tearing the pieces apart and recycling it properly. But then again, the paper sleeve, I mean, stuff has been printed on it. It's colorful and all. After all, the manufacturers want the product to appeal to customers. But isn't printed paper problematic?
2: things are not going to be super problematic with the recycling process.
0: That's Lorenz Milay Canals, the head of the Secretariat of the Life Cycle Initiative with the United Nations Environment Programme.
2: Would it be better if there was less colour? Absolutely, yes. Do you really need all this colour? I don't think so. The marketing colleague will think otherwise, but that's the point. I mean, many times what we really need to reflect is, do we really need this? the value of the material that would come out of the recycling process would be higher because it would be less mixed with impurities like these inks. And keeping the value uh, of these products is important.
0: We also haven't even talked about the toxicity of products. Remember the paper cups? We're going to talk about that now. I came across some interesting research where scientists found that paper cups are just as toxic as plastic cups. The paper products
3: that are sometimes used to replace single-use plastics need to be treated with something so that the paper will tolerate, in this case, a liquid, the, the coffee or whatever you might be buying.
0: That's Bethany Carney Almroth, professor of ecotoxicology and environmental sciences at University of Gothenburg in Sweden.
3: And paper can be treated in different ways. It can be treated with chemicals like PFAS that people have talked a lot about, like the Forever Chemicals. But in this case, they were lined with PLA, which is another kind of plastic. And PLA is a plastic that is from a bio-based source. So it's not fossil fuel, like 99% of the other plastics, but rather something um, bio-based like corn or sugar. It's claimed to be biodegradable. Spoiler alert, it wasn't Then we took these three different kinds of materials and we put them in aquaria with water and sediment to let them leach so the chemicals could migrate out of the materials into the water and the sediment. And then we took the the materials out and we used that contaminated water and sediment to expose larvae from an insect called uh, midges, non biting midges, chironomids, they're called. So we exposed them uh, in, in the water and the sediment and we followed their growth and development. And we could see that all of the cups the polypropylene and the polystyrene. And the paper lined with PLA had some toxicity for the animals.
0: So the supposedly more environmentally friendly paper cup that was lined with bioplastics was also harmful.
3: The bioplastic industry would like people to see this as the the green alternative As the solution to plastics pollution and in in some ways they might be in a very small way in that they're stepping away from fossil fuels and we're not maybe going to be we should not be as dependent on fossil fuels in the future as we are today but the problem that is sometimes ignored or downplayed is that these plastics also contain chemicals so PLA is a plastic like other plastics it's made from a different source But the chemicals are there to provide stabilization for the molecules, to give the plastics materials their desired qualities. And there can be up to 16,000 different chemicals in plastics products, and we don't know what they are because there's very few requirements on transparency and reporting. So we have no idea what's in our products, and neither do the scientists, like myself included. That's quite alarming, to say the least. Some of them might be contaminants. Some of them might be non-intentionally added substances that are forming during the plastic production process or contaminating the materials. But we know that thousands of these thousands of chemicals are toxic. So there's there's some reports that have come out recently and will soon be released showing us that I think more than 4,000 of the chemicals we know can be used in plastics production have hazardous properties. And that's the same could also be said of paper products. So paper food packaging materials are not inherently less toxic than plastics because these are also treated. So so this is something that is an interesting question for us from uh, from a scientific perspective looking at the environmental impacts but also from a human health perspective. The chemicals will be in all of these food packaging materials.
1: So let's talk solutions. So only by attaching, I think, a heavy price tag to creating more waste and to well, throwing things away without reusing them, then we can actually maybe move the needle. Because in the Netherlands now, there is a tax for single-use plastics, but it's still so small and it's still not discouraging the businesses from using them. Uh, businesses very quickly transfer these costs to consumers.
2: If legislation was forbidding the use of single-use packaging for um, for yogurts, well, it would not be a question. (laughs) You would very quickly see that all the options out there are reusable. At the moment, if you try to introduce this and this reusable system is competing with all the other single-use systems, which are far less efficient but can be cheaper simply because they don't have to pay for the cost of recycling these products, which are virtually impossible to recycle well, then the reusable one is not going to succeed.
0: And no, switching over to more paper packaging also won't cut it in the long run. There's a bit of greenwashing
3: around these questions, most definitely by maybe by well-meaning companies in some cases, but other times there's inherent conflicts of interest here that will bias the information that they're providing to their consumers. So there's, there's problems with, with information, greenwashing, mis and disinformation campaigns around these things. There's also problems. This is something that we've done in our modern societies through the decades working with what we, we call we call regrettable substitution. So we we identify a problem, we find a solution, we switch out like plastic for paper, and then we think we solve that plastic problem, but we've really just created a new problem. We, we shift problems around. We don't actually solve them.
0: The last chapter, and before we wrap this up, is going to apply all that we've come across so far and apply what that means for bags. You know, paper bags versus plastic bags, or possibly cotton, If you'd like to play environmental detective here and think about the options for a second and guess what our experts had to say about that, here's your chance. We'll play a couple of extra seconds of music before we reveal the answers. So, what's your take? We'll hear from all three experts now.
2: The best bag, and, it's, and that's actually a, a sentence that works for all products. The best product is the one that you don't have to manufacture. I have one of these. I think it's polypropylene tissue bag, so it's kind of um, very, very sturdy. It's it's a it's a bag that has been made to last. It's plastic, yes. I bought it in a in a British supermarket. I think it was already seventeen years ago. I have not calculated how many times I've I've reused that bag. But life cycle assessment tells us that that type of bag, once you've reused it four or five times, is already better than the equivalent amount of single-use plastic bags.
3: LCA will tell you probably that the plastic bag is the best. But that's because they'll be looking at water use and greenhouse gases. If they're looking at toxicants and and end-of-life and the the toxic deficit of what might happen in, in 10
1: or 15 years, then plastic bags are definitely not the best. And if you look at the fossil fuel industry, no, definitely not. Effectively, what matters is how much we reuse these products. So maybe you have a shopping bag that's plastic. Just don't throw it away. Go to the store with it again. So rather than worrying about paper or plastics...
0: Ideally, we just use less of everything.
2: It's not that one is absolutely better than the other. You know, it could be that you're, uh, with, a, with a cardboard product, you're having less greenhouse gas emissions, less climate change impact, which is very important. But maybe you're you're generating more impact on biodiversity simply because you're occupying land. The true choice, the, the really important choice, is to move away from single-use products and going into reusable ones, or to not using products at all, if you can avoid it.
0: Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Living Planet. It was produced by me, Sarah Steffen, and edited by Neil King.